0: Hi, my name is Gil Austin, Stupid Gil, and you're listening to a Tunami Faithful Exclusive.
1: Hello and welcome to this Tunami Faithful Exclusive. I am here with my co host, Paul Pascrillo. Howdy. And we are talking to Gil Austin. Oh, Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Tsunami Faithfuls interviewed Jason plenty of times, and we've had Gil interviewed during the uh, MomoCon events, but we've never had him on the show.
0: Happy to be here. Jacob
2: glad Jason Simon made me do it. <laughs> Notice how he said made you do it. Hmm. I meant allowed me. Allowed me. <laughs> better, better wording. Better wording. Okay. That, that's what editing's for. Oh, anyways. Um...
1: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let Paul ask you the first questions.
2: Yes, um, let me
1: see here.
2: So first question that we have for you is... Um, what kind what kind of work did you do for Cartoon Network and Adult Swim? Or what kind of work do you currently do for them, I should say?
0: Do I currently now do? Um, I don't I guess technically I work for Cartoon Network in that we're all part of Cartoon Network as a company, but mostly I do I'm in the Adult Swim on Air department under Jason. Jason's the vice president, creative director of on air, and I'm the creative director of adult swim sponsored promotions. So that's my day job for the most part is making commercials for advertising partners for Adult Swim. So we'll make a video game spot or a movie. And sometimes it ties into a show. Sometimes it's just a weirder version of something that they couldn't necessarily do for their national campaign, but we'll do a commercial for them. Um, and then I also make promos for show launches and show sustaining promos um, as shows are coming on. And then in addition to that, Jason runs Tsunami, and then we sort of co-creative directed. We don't really have official titles for that, um, but we, I sort of manage the day-to-day stuff, and Jason manages the sort of bigger-picture stuff. And then Chris Hartley, who is currently out on maternity leave, she is the overall director of production for all of Adult Swim on air, and she handles Tsunami um, for the most part. And then she has some people that work for her: Jonathan Delgado um, and Vanessa which I always mispronounce her name, so sorry, Vanessa. She like platypus. Um, they do the sort of day-to-day 290 production in terms of like, booking Steve's VO reads and that kind of thing. So, long story short, my official title is Creative Director Adult Swim Sponsor Promotions, and I kind of do a bunch of different stuff.
2: Okay. So, uh, how did you get your start in the television business?
0: I knew a girl who knew a guy. Um, (laughs) When I, yeah, it's the only way in, or it wasn't. Uh, When I was in college, I transferred into this small school in, in, um, I left a small school in Virginia, into this small school in Tennessee called Sewanee, and I transferred in at the same time as this girl who, when she was in high school, dated Dave Willis, who now does Your Pretty Face and... Aqua Teen and a bunch of other shows, and at the time was a writer for Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And I met him at a Trivial Pursuit tournament when they were opening up the coffee shop on campus, and I'm so old that that seemed like a crazy thing to do at the time. And um, I randomly bumped into him a couple of different places sort of all over the country. I was taking a year off and thinking about applying to law school and was trying to get an internship at CNN. And he and I sort of talked a bunch of different times. And he said, well, I can get you an internship at Cartoon Network. And I said, yeah, that sounds cool. And I had five rounds of interviews for my non-paid internship and was convinced I blew the last one because I was waiting tables at the time and had like two hours of sleep. And my last interview was just, why do you think you deserve to be here? And I had absolutely no answer. And I found out later that I got the job like a month beforehand, but they were so new they didn't really know what to do with Intern, so they just had me talk to everybody, and I got hired on as a non-paid intern, was there for about three months, and then a PA production assistant job was opening up for what was then called Cartoon Network Development, um, mostly for Space Ghost Coast to Coast. There was another show called Cartoon Gang and another show called Cartoon Planet, um, and I sort of ping-ponged around with those for a little bit of time, and that's right when I met Sean Akins, and that's when I started it. Tsunami, which is a longer story, but I'll shut up for a second unless you guys
2: ask your next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get into that just a little bit later, but Sketch has got some questions for
1: you. Yeah, just to kind of cool. get some of your background, uh, what were some of the cartoons that you liked growing up?
0: Uh, growing up, uh, it was... I mean, anime shows, it was Speed Racer. My brother and I loved Star Blazers. That was our favorite show, and we didn't even really know it was in Japan when we were watching it. We would watch it in Pennsylvania, and we just thought it was the most amazing thing of all time. We didn't understand why there weren't more cartoons like that. Um, Battle of the Planets. Um, I liked He-Man, Voltron. Yes. Um, Johnny Quest, a lot of the old Hanna-Barbera stuff. Um But in terms of like, we would watch Star Blazers every morning before school, or it feels like every morning. Maybe that's my memory. Maybe it was just one morning. But we would eat our Quaker instant oatmeal and then ride the bus to school because the station out of New York would play Star Blazers at like 6.30 in the morning during the week. Um, So that was my
1: formative years. Now, nowadays, I imagine you're pretty busy, but how do you like to spend your leisure time?
0: Um... I watch a bunch of TV, I play video games, I read books, I play Ultimate Frisbee, Um, my wife has recently, in the last little while, despite the fact we live in Atlanta, we've become surfers, so we go to the beach, my wife's a school teacher, so she gets the summers off, so I originally told her that was not the greatest idea, considering it's a seven hour drive to the beach from Atlanta, closest, Um, but it's actually worked out pretty well, so I sort of ping pong around, that stuff, go to movies, um, sort of alternate between being a couch potato and running around outside, <laughs> watch some football on the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons season ticket holder, that sort of thing.
1: I would not have <laughs> expected surfing. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> sure.
0: nor should you have. It's pretty bizarre. <laughs> it's super fun, though. I highly recommend it, but it's not the easiest thing to start in your. Late 30s in Atlanta when you don't live at the beach. But we'll <laughs> let that stop you, Tsunami Faithful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and um, speaking of um, Tsunami, like we were, as we were uh, saying, um, you actually talked about this. I believe it was the first MomoCon that we did together. But um, when did you start working on Tsunami and how did that come about?
0: So, like I was saying earlier, I I really loved working at Cartoon Network. I was waiting tables at the time, and there was a job opening, and I went into Keith Crawford, who was then, I guess, vice president of Cartoon Production. I probably just downgraded him six ranks, but (laughs) something along those lines. He was running that department underneath Mike Lazzo for Cartoon. And I told him that I loved working there, but I really needed to start getting paid, um, or I needed to figure something else out. And so I got hired as a PA Um, for the department, which at that time was a couple of different shows. And Toonami had technically started. Sean Akins had moved from TNT, I think, officially probably November-ish of 96. Um, It was just sort of gathering his team. His vision was to find people and gear and put them in a room and just cut stuff all the time to where he wouldn't have to pay for editing because it's just not a great model for just constantly editing things. Like the way the system was sort of set up a little different now was you were paying a high rate because people weren't booking the rooms all the time. So you were basically paying for when the rooms weren't booked. So if you actually did want to edit something all day, five days a week, 52-ish weeks a year, it was astronomically expensive. So there was a, Little now it's like a super nice place in Atlanta. At the time, it was not a super nice place, and we were in the basement of this building in Crog Street. If anyone's in Atlanta, they're familiar. If you're not, there's no way you would have ever heard of it. And there were rats running around in the rafters. We would pull our cars in at yeah. night behind the roll-down door. We would work weird hours. Um, it was sort of—I guess I'm getting ahead of myself—but uh, so anyway, he—he he and I started talking. The department wanted me to move into more of a production management role, and that's not what I wanted to do. He was looking for someone to PA, and it turned out that he and I went to the same high school and knew a lot of the same people. He was older, and so we didn't know each other then, but we knew a bunch of the same people. And so I started splitting my time between the two, and that was like February 97. And then right before Tsunami launched, I moved over to Tsunami full time. So. Uh, Everybody else was not a full-time Cartoon Network employee other than Sean, so I guess technically I was the first hire for, uh, his first hire, although there were other people working there. Um, Randall, uh, I guess I don't know if I should give my name, anyway, Randall was our uh, art director, he did all the graphics, and Michael Cahill, who's now the lead editor for Adult Film, does all the bumps, runs the team that does all the bumps. He was the main editor, so it was the four of us, and then... Sean and Jason would talk at night. Uh, Sean had gotten Jason his job at TNT as Sean was leaving. As I am turning to my notice, but here's a guy who will be really good at making promos. So they would sort of talk while things were going on. But I didn't meet Jason until probably 98, maybe late 97, when he and Johnny Ray started moonlighting editing. Um, but that's sort of how I started, was just being around, and at that point, there weren't many Cartoon Network people, but in our department, there were even less, and so I was just trying to do anything and everything I could, and was just super lucky to land my job at Cartoon Network, and then even luckier still to land my job at Tsunami.
2: Okay. Uh, To expand on that, what was it like working on Tsunami back then, and what things are you really glad you were able to do and be part of?
0: Um, I mean, I don't think anybody really knew that it was going to have anywhere near the lasting impression that it had. I mean, it was definitely fun, and we knew we were doing something that not a lot of other people were doing, and Sean's vision for tsunami and Jason's vision for tsunami was, I, obviously, if you talk to people who watched it in the beginning, like, to have it be that just sort of, this is what we like and what we think is cool right now, and we're not going to talk down to people, and we're going to be super... Transparent, and we're just going to put stuff up there, and if people like it, cool. And if they don't, I guess we'll figure out something to do when they fire us. And that was basically the mindset for the pretty much the whole time that we were on until they actually they didn't fire us, but they <laughs> took us off the air.
2: Right. And
0: then that was that's still sort of the mindset. Is I mean, obviously now the biggest difference is feedback from fans. I mean, then we would get letters and we would get drawings, but I mean, it was so much after the fact like we would never know when something aired wrong except for when because originally you couldn't see cartoon network if you lived in atlanta it wasn't available to as a part of the cable package really so for the first huh. for the first year, that was for cartoon network so i think when tsunami started i'm maybe getting my dates mixed up a little bit it was probably 98.99 when you could actually watch cartoon network in Atlanta. You had, you could go down to the BOC, the Broadcast Operations Center, and you could watch the feed, but you couldn't like sit in your office, you couldn't sit at your house and watch it. So we never knew unless we happened to be seeing, happened to see it or somebody told us when things were run wrong, but we would know, like we would see as we were watching the air, like things wouldn't be the way we would want to do them. So we ended up, eventually we started programming the block. We started having more input in the shows We were able to have more control than I think most people would have because honestly, nobody really wanted to put the time into it that we wanted to put into. So it started off as just sort of fine, just shut up and do it yourselves. And then it (laughs) became a success. And so people just sort of got out of our way, kind of thing. Um, That's sort of our philosophy was for everything. I mean, we started, that's how we started doing what now is sponsored promotions because we didn't really trust anybody else to do it. So we just said, no, we'll do it ourselves. And that was kind of, we just started gathering more stuff and that from designing posters to doing the giveaways to doing the commercials and going out and shooting stuff. That was all sort of born out of the, no, no, no we'll take care of that. We'll, we'll do that stuff. And so I was able to do a lot of things that you wouldn't normally be able to do at a TV network, because if we could convince Sean, or whoever happened to be there that it was a cool idea. We got to do it. So awesome. and it was the onus is on you to make it good, but you didn't have to, you could kind of do whatever you wanted. So it was a trial by fire, but it was a great experience.
2: Yeah. That's interesting that Cartoon Network wasn't in Atlanta. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a math equation on the um, numbers of homes it's in. And it just happened to be that it wasn't, you couldn't see it in, in Atlanta. You could, depending on what your, by the time Tsunami started, you could, depending on what your um, cable package was, Right. but you couldn't, it, a lot of people couldn't get it. Like, you couldn't get it in the basic cable. You had to specifically wow. ask for it. And in the very beginning of Cartoon Network, you couldn't see it at all.
2: Wow. Okay. <laughs> and we
0: didn't have cable at Crog Street. It wasn't wired, so we couldn't watch it there. We had to record it on DHS and then watch it separately.
2: But you you guys eventually probably had it when you guys were later in Toonami, you probably had like your own feed where you could like watch it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once we, we were at Cross Street because we had to keep
0: our, we had to keep our editing machine, our Avid. um, We were sort of Remco, we to own that. And so we couldn't have it on the property. It was sort of just one of those weird accounting things. Mm -hmm. Um, So once we owned it, then we moved back to, What's now William Street. I mean, it was still William Street then, but it was a different setup. Um, and then they've renovated three times since then. We probably moved back in like 99, 2000. And at that point, we had TVs in our offices and cable. And it was like we were a real television network.
2: Sounds <laughs> <I> like it. <laughs> well, moving on, Sketch, you got some more questions.
1: So regarding Toonami on Adult Swim what has been your favorite moment since the return and what do you consider maybe the the milestones for the block since 2012?
0: I mean, I think my favorite moment was probably watching that April fool's night and following Twitter and seeing it, seeing people's reaction. Like we just didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and to see people get super excited and, have it sort of organically grow and have people talking about it and see people's videos that they're putting up of, oh shit, tsunamis on, and then see other people like, what? And then just, I mean, I watched that for four hours, probably just sort of giggling to myself and texting Jason. And it was just really cool to see that people still cared and that this was a thing that maybe we could turn back into something. Um, So that was probably my favorite moment. But other than that, I mean there's it's really been nonstop. I mean, there's it's obviously hard work and there's a lot that goes into it, but it's still super rewarding. I mean, you get internet trolls complaining about things, but that's really not that big a deal. And that's the very, very, very minor minority of people. For the vast, the vast majority of people, even when we're doing the Tumblr stuff and we're sort of having fun with people like there's still So many people and so many of the letters that we've gotten in now uh, is just so super positive. So that's just fun to see. Um, In terms of a milestone, I don't know that there's necessarily one specific thing. I mean, It's been cool to see shows that people originally weren't so sure about catch on like Dead Man Wonderland in the beginning. People were like, what? And then at the end they were pissed when it was done, like that kind of thing (laughs) and seeing um, I mean, Attack on Titan's a different story because so many people were positive about that show going in. But like Black Lagoon and seeing those kinds of things and seeing people get psyched for upcoming shows. And it's fun to see people when we kind of know what a show's going to be, but we haven't gotten the deal signed, so we can't say anything, or we have it on our list of hopefuls, but we don't know what, what's actually going to happen. It's fun to see people give those suggestions and get fired up for something that we're hoping to be able to do, too. So that's, that kind of thing is definitely fun.
1: Which shows have exceeded your expectations?
0: Oh, I know one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you mean from a rating standpoint or like from a...
1: Not necessarily like from, from a rating standpoint. Or, yeah, kind um, of all I of mean, the above.
0: It's We've had pretty good luck with the new stuff that... I mean, not new. It's not like we're mining things that people have no idea what are. I mean, we're not discovering that many new shows. I mean, we're definitely introducing people who haven't seen certain things or it's like, oh, I meant to always watch that, but I haven't. Like, it's cool to see a show grow and find an audience And even a show that people know and will have seen. Like, it's still cool to see and do well. It would be, I mean, we have sort of an embarrassment of riches where we have a ton of shows. And the reality is that there's only so many hours of the night that you can realistically expect people to watch. So given the fact that we're asking people to watch shows that are on at three and three thirty in the morning, and they're still pulling real numbers um, beyond like later on in the night, but I mean, it's still, it's still pretty crazy to see.
2: Um, if I, if I may, um, Jason had mentioned that you guys were kind of surprised at what Thundercats did at the the time slot that it was at. Was that was that a surprise to you as well, or?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, there's just shows we just don't. I mean, sometimes we there haven't been too many shows that we thought would do a ton better than they did. There's just a lot of factors that go into it. Where it's, I mean, certain people feel very strongly about what Tonami should and shouldn't be in terms of what the block is. That's never really been our. I mean, there are shows that we definitely feel like are Tonami shows, but we've never felt like it's it's only anime or it's only, I mean, it's, we've always said it's action cartoons. So it's like, we, we try and get action cartoons. And I know that doesn't appeal to all of the two mountain fan that's out there, but that's sort of the, the point of having a super long show block of time with a lot of different shows is just because you may not like a show doesn't mean that your friends or people you don't know or other viewers that could be their favorite show. So, And that's sort of the benefit of having such a long block.
1: What do you feel sets Toonami apart from the rest of television?
0: (laughs) From the rest of television? I don't know. Um, That we're on Saturday nights and people still watch, I guess. Uh,
1: (laughs) That is impressive in its own right.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, I think that it is like that it's to see people who sort of grew up on the block still care about the block and, the fact that, I mean, I think that when it, when Toonami works, it's more than the sum of its parts because you can see most, if not all, of these shows in other places. But it's not destination television, is an exaggeration, but it's, it's people coming for that experience, and it's sort of the same thing that's born out of the larger Adult Swim. I mean, like you can see Family Guy other places, but you can't, be part of the adult swim experience other places. And it's the same kind of thing with Tsunami. Like people want to see what the goody of the week is. People want to see if we're doing a game review, what the new shows are, if they're going to have their name up on the Tumblr. Like it's, it's fun to see people be part of the the experience because that's sort of what makes it tick. So we're very much cognizant of that and are not trying, like we're, we're trying to make it be an experience and not just feel like X show, Y show, Z show. Goodnight.
1: Right. Yeah. I got to say, it's impressive. The amount of content that you put out for <laughs> Tsunami all the time.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, people will sort of forget how little <laughs> we did before. Yeah. We never really had, I mean, it was the main thing when we were on before was it was a lot of new packaging. So, that was, took a lot of time. And It was also a, a big part of the experience because you would see a different bump at a different time each week and you wouldn't see the stuff repeat. And so that was a tremendous amount of man hours to, to just make that stuff. We don't have that luxury of time. So we try to refresh it every month. And sometimes we do it a little sooner than that. Sometimes we do it a little longer than that. But we're definitely trying to make one new piece a week and we're trying to make it be up to the standard. So, I mean, that's definitely a lot of work mm-hmm. to go into that. It's a different amount of work, but I think it's hopefully as enjoyable to people as seeing different bump spots every time, or not seeing dumps, different bump spots every time, depending on how you want to look at that. And we are trying to get a new open on each week, even if it's not animation, and even if we don't necessarily have anything to say, just to have it feel a little special and a little unique each time. Given the fact that it's every week.
2: Well, I've I've been kind of noticing too that a lot of people it's not a lot of people, but it's it's slowly becoming like a lot of people actually wait to see what's gonna come on tsunami and watch it on tsunami first rather than, okay, I'm gonna go out and get said D V D. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean it's we're we've got really great partners in terms of distributors and they are aware of people wanting to see tsunami shows and then going out beyond that. So, I mean, that's definitely a good thing that that's how people are viewing and we definitely want to try and keep that, that mindset up and that sort of come here to sample the new shows or new to you. If you squint your eyes, they almost look new. (laughs) (laughs) Space Um, Daddy obviously is a different story entirely, but for the most part.
2: Right. Um, I'm actually going to ask a question that we don't have on the sheet, um, and this is this is actually something. okay. I don't have a sheet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've interviewed a couple different voice actors and actresses, and I'll, and the majority of them feel like *Tsunami* was the reason this version of *Tsunami*, obviously not the one before it, but um, recently this version of *Tsunami* has actually re-energized the anime industry, um, and. Obviously, we can see that from, you know, Netflix picking up stuff and, you know, Hulu and whatnot, getting more anime. Um, what do you how do you feel when you hear like a voice actor or actress in the industry say, say that about Toonami? I mean, I, I don't
0: know. Like, it's it's always sort of the chicken and the egg kind of thing. And it's like, are there better shows out? And that's why we're able to have success or we've seen successful. so we're able to get more shows. But I mean, it's, I think there's a lot of different factors that go into it. It's definitely nice to hear and nice to have people say that sort of thing. Um, we obviously were in the right place at the right time back when, and I think also helped to expand the anime movement, especially people who weren't watching a lot of anime right and it's cool to be sort of doing that again um just as a older uh potentially sometimes darker shows but it's still cool to be introducing people it's always nice to hear people say i either never watched the show or i always meant to watch it and didn't and i watched it cuz you guys thanks like that's always good to hear from anybody right. and particularly if they're uh if we're getting people more work that's even a bigger bonus
2: what, what I kind of really like too about this this version of Tsunami is you see a lot of speaking of voice actors and actresses, you see a lot of them as there's, as you know Tsunami playing throughout the night, actually tweet during the show that they're on and you know interact with fans. I, I kind of like that too.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously Steve is such a huge part of what we do, and he's also in a ton of the shows, um, and we're just super lucky to have him be willing to work with us um, and be still like when we call him the day before, like, Hey, or the day of, and he's able to work it into the schedule and he's super talented and super busy. And then to see, see all the fans. And then when we talk to him, like he's obviously goes to way more conventions than we're able to go to and hear him talking about fans excitement about this show or that show or about Tsunami in general. And then him talking to other voice actors we don't talk to—I mean, not because we're—we just don't have the opportunity to talk to a lot of voice actors. But it's definitely cool to see their social media presence and their everybody just sort of getting into the swing of things and getting fired up about the show. I mean, it's—it's it's definitely a pleasure to see all that stuff.
2: Right. All right. Well, let's let's move on a little bit uh, with these questions here. Uh, what direction do you do you see Toonami headed in, or what direction would you like Toonami to be heading in?
0: I mean, I think I would like it to be heading in the direction that it is. And I think that we're, we're steadily growing our audience. We're able to do a little bit more in terms of production. We're able to do a little bit more in terms of 3d. I mean, if, if wishes were dreams, obviously we'd like to have more money and more time and everything else, but we're super lucky to be in the situation that we're in and, we're not really looking for an earlier start, more nights. Like that's just not like we have a very comfortable existence Saturday night where everyone feels like we're doing a good job from a network standpoint. Like the the trick is to not try and get too big too fast and then collapse back in. Right. So Mm. the the steady climb has been our sort of mission statement and we just hope to keep climbing.
2: That's a good point. That's a good point. You don't want to just grow huge and then, yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i mean because it's like it's a curated night not to sound super douchey but it's like that's just, there's a lot that goes into making it right right and there's mm-hmm. that's just there's a finite amount of time that we can put into it especially given the fact that we have other full-time jobs
1: mm. don't fly too close to the sun
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly
2: um next question um what do you think Action animation has been. Why do you think that action animation has been dramatically phased out over the years? And what do you think it would take for action animation to come back in a big way? And I think what we're what we're talking about is more like American shows. I mean,
0: I, I I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of anime, like obviously the internet had such a huge impact on how people watch shows and how people get shows, and so that's sort of limiting. I mean, I really don't know in terms of American shows. It's just, I mean, people television networks are in the business to make things that people want. So like if people were watching more action shows, more action shows would get made. So it's, it's kind of on the viewer and it's kind of on TV networks, but there's not, there's not a lot of risk taking. No one's good, Cause it's just a lot of money involved in making them. So right. if it's, if it's, there's not an audience there, not a perceived audience there, then people are going to spend their time and their money and their effort making other shows that people are more into watching. Um, so I don't know if it's just a change in people's tastes, if it's kids today, college kids, how much the internet, like that. I don't know really what the factors would be in terms of of why it is. The, the way to grow it is to have people watching more shows and then people will start making more shows but you have to have that sort of breakout show that everybody's watching, especially as like a younger audience that then you're going to then go and make. Um, I think adult swim takes more chances on that kind of thing than any other network. I mean, there's action comedy shows, obviously on adult swim, um, but in terms of right. a larger television animation, I don't know that, I don't know There's really the audience that people, that's the people want to see necessarily. I mean, there's obviously an audience there, but not like, a huge millions of people TV audience.
2: Yeah, and I, and I definitely think that if there was like an action animation, like an American action animation, like this is definitely the place. Even if Toonami wasn't there, I think Adult Swim would be the perfect place to try it. Yeah. Definitely.
1: How has making content for Toonami and obtaining shows and gaining advertisers changed since 2012? Is it any easier, harder, or roughly the same?
0: Um, it's roughly the same from the from the end of tsunami to now. Um, we're able to do things that we weren't able to do before, like we can review and then also separately different games advert like get in game advertisers and review in games, which obviously wasn't an option when we were on Cartoon Network proper. Um, it's there's also this like R-rated movies, like that kind of thing that we couldn't legally do when we were a kid's block that we could do now. But by and large, in terms of the process, it's basically the same. It's just as our audience has aged up, our advertisers have also aged up and the content to a similar extent. Um, the bigger change probably was from Toonami's beginning to the later years, just in the terms of the way the kid's business went, where you weren't, I mean, we made a, Tsunami Seven Up foodball table and gave it away like you can't do that kind of thing anymore. Like we did a Sun Kiss spot. We had you just can't like sugar cereals and drinks and those kinds of foods. That was like the staple of the kids' business in the '90s, and that just isn't the case now. No, anymore. you can't do any of that either. now. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's that's a big advertising change like in terms of from the beginning of Tsunami to the end of its cartoon run. The difference now from the end of Cartoon to to Adult Swim is, like I was saying, just the the age of content that we can do that we weren't able to do before. And there's a lot of rules for kids in terms of, like, having Tom – there's what they call KidVid, and so there's regulations about not having host selling to where you're not tricking kids into thinking they have to buy these products to be part of the show. And nobody gives a shit about the adults for that stuff, so we can have on and do that kind of thing.
2: So
1: that's all fine. This is Outlaw and Star on TVD. To... Buy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that, that's a change uh, for sure. Um, but for the most part, it's just the restrictions that we were under before, we aren't under now.
1: Makes sense. Now, regarding original productions, how have prospects changed for uh, making original series for tsunami, now, are there people pitching you original series lately?
0: I mean, I can't really get into too much of that, but for the most part, that's not the business model right now. I mean, obviously Space Dandy was a slightly different scenario. We, we weren't really pitched Space Dandy in terms of, we want to make this show with Flash for you, um, but that's, that's for the most part where it is. It's just it's really an economics thing where it's just significantly cheaper to license a show than make a show.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we're now in the licensing business for the most part, not in the original production business. I mean, who knows what's down the line? But it's it's a significant decimal point shift between licensing a TV show and mm-hmm. making a TV show. Um, and so that's just not really where the money for us is. The money for us is more in, in animation for tsunami and then licensing a lot of different shows rather than putting a
1: lot of money into one specific show. That makes sense. Speaking of Space Dandy, uh, how
2: has Space Dandy done for tsunami, and has it, and this is a big question in the tsunami faithful world right now, has it opened the door to more simuldubs or the possibility of more simuldubs?
0: I mean, I think the possibility is. I think that was just such a special case. We're certainly not ruling anything out, and we're not saying no. I just—that's a lot of things that fell into place to make Space Dandy happen. We would love it if that all fell into place again. Realistically, I don't know that all of the stars would align for another show like that. But that's not—that's not to say that we're against it or that people think it's not like the. Everyone feels super great about. Space Danny and how it's done and how it was made. And as a show, I mean, it's a pretty amazing artistic achievement and television achievement. We would love to do more things like that. I just don't know how realistic it is to get all of that, that talent in one place and the money lined up. It's just so much goes into it. It's just asking a lot of the process to, to get another one out. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no, but that's, It was really just sort of a lucky situation to be in, and we were happy to be able to be there. But I don't think it's super realistic to have that be like, okay, what's our next simulcast? (laughs) Like, that's just not really where
2: where we are. Right. Well, how how do you think Space has done for tsunami?
0: I think it's done great. I mean, it's it's definitely was a huge story, much bigger than we thought it was going to be in terms of people who weren't watching tsunami getting excited for coming and watching the show. I mean, it's just so bananas and different from anything else that's out there. And it looks so awesome. And it's such an amazing amount of artists that go into physically making it that, I mean, we're, we're super psyched. We love it.
2: Okay. And um, speaking of shows in general, um, how much of a difference do you think getting first dibs on a show matters? what do you mean first did like, um, for example, like maybe getting attack on well, attack on Titan, I guess the English dub first,
1: like that, I mean, you know, before think, it comes out on DVD. Right,
2: right, right. That too. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the
0: show and depends on where, like, I think it's probably better for us if we can get the dub first, but I don't, I don't think it's a problem if we don't, I mean, there most of the shows you can see other places and a lot, almost all of them you can see dubs sooner. I mean, attack on Titan. We were definitely super ecstatic that we were able to get that. But if, if the next show we happen to get isn't dubbed for us first and you can see it somewhere else, I don't honestly think it's all that problematic um, because I do think people hopefully not like watching shows on tsunami as well as even if they've already seen them, um, so that's our hope. But I don't think it's a requirement.
2: Sketch has the last question, of course.
1: Yeah. Well, we we gotta ask, and you may not be able to say anything. But there are a few <laughs> shows that are ending in the next couple of months. Can you discuss any upcoming plans?
0: I can't. I was hoping that we could. Or uh, tonight, um, we uh, we just aren't in a situation I mean it's there's a lot what everyone always thinks is that we are just sort of messing with people and like there's just legally there are things we can and can't say and there's also just realities of figuring out what's going to happen and there's a lot of lawyers involved and deals and things that we feel like are going to happen and then don't happen like it's just you can't be in a situation where you say this is coming when it's not for sure happening uh, and then have it fall through and then have
1: no, no, 9,000 lawyers. No, no we definitely sessions. don't want
2: so, No, no.
0: <laughs> so it's unfortunately, and I'm sorry, I was really hoping that I could talk about that, but I can't. So we will be making some announcements in the next period of time, um, but I can't, I can't talk about it now. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it's fair enough. So you guys got Helsing. That is pretty wild. Did you ever think you could get that?
0: We definitely have a list of shows that we're, we're always sort of adding to of like, oh, this. And then the distributors would also have like, hey, we just got this in, or this is coming up for a dub, or whatever it ends up being. And we were, we were really happy that we were able to get it and also that we were able to get it and not edit it, that we were able to edit it to a TVMA. I mean, we're never going to have a show where you can say fuck. So, like, obviously, we're gonna have to edit some things, right? And nudity is always sort of a weird thing for American audiences, so we can't have that. But in terms of violence and blood and that sort of thing, it's 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 on. So, nice. hopefully, uh, hopefully people will be into it.
1: Sweet, that's good to hear. I was I actually gonna ask. Well, you. we don't have about to edit it so. at the time
0: either, so that's that's great. Um, some nights may be a little wonky time-wise where. It'll be, because we're all slightly different lengths, but we're never going to cut down Helsing. We may just have to have, instead of a 15-second bump, it's a 10-second bump, and we move things around, or maybe one show starts 30 seconds late after Helsing or something like that. But we're not editing down for time for anything.
1: That's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, tune in.
1: Yeah, I got to say, this lineup is killer. There is... You got some of the best shows over the years, and you got Attack on Titan. You got Space Dandy. You're adding Helsing to it, and you're keeping people up until four a.m. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, six a.m. if you're really tough. But, you're yeah, all uh,
1: insane. <laughs> yeah, and we love you for it.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we definitely feel lucky and psyched for the lineup. I mean, it's. It definitely has something for everybody and hopefully it has a lot of things for everybody um i mean we understand that not everyone's going to watch six and a half hours of tsunami every saturday night but it's depending on which shift you're coming off of work or school hopefully there's a solid two to three hours that you can enjoy your saturday night slash sunday morning and then sleep in till football kicks off
1: (laughs) exactly people don't seem to realize that there are people who work swing shift yes
0: yeah exactly it's cool seeing tsunami on in bars late at night i will
1: say that <laughs> yeah i'll bet and what a great show for that helsing
2: yeah, exactly
1: black lagoon was great for it too yeah play the black lagoon drinking game oh god <laughs> oh i'm sure we'll have more of those don't worry now it's gonna be the helsing drinking yeah get them just <laughs> the rules we will join in.
2: Oh, don't tell, no, 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 don't say that. Darrell will take you up on that offer. Okay.
1: Oh, we, he totally will. Okay.
2: We may <laughs> <to> join in. <laughs> that's better. Cause I don't, I don't want you. No, no, you don't want to go up against Darrell. i will
1: drink you all under the table. Yes.
2: Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for today. Um, that'll hurt. Uh, Gil, if you want to tell people where they can follow you or, you know.
0: I'm such a boring follow. I hate – I always get bummed out for people when they follow me on Twitter because I'm such a (laughs) non-presence. Stupid Gil is my Twitter handle, but you're – you're better off spending your time doing something else. I'm such a lazy bastard. And what was the last
1: Anytime time you did? Anytime
0: someone me, I just want to send them like a handwritten note apologizing for <laughs> their time.
1: Please note, there will be no activity on this account. You have been warned. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, if I could just do the auto-reply. I'm a lurker. This is not a waste of your time. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> and now you've just got a thousand more followers. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then Jason will... Post something and then I'll pick up another hundred people and I'm always just like, nah, gotta write more sorry notes to everybody.
2: Just one tweet, hi.
0: <laughs> Every now and then, and I do try to answer people when they say something, but I'm just such a boring.
1: Nah, sorry. man, this has been fun.
2: <laughs> yes, it has been fun. So,
1: yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me on.
2: And we we really appreciate you coming on. Um, and totally.
1: Thank you for taking the time out. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. Let me know uh, when you want to do it
1: again. I'll tell you to do it. Oh, we will take you up on that offer. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right, we try guys. to space this out like every six months or so. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we try not to bug Jason too much. Uh, we know a certain someone else that bugs Jason too much. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: obviously I'm changing my cell phone number after today, but beyond obviously. that. Okay. Oh, concerned.
2: okay. What? It's not like I'm going to be like Jose and like text you or something like every two seconds.
0: Yeah, no, feel free. Just <laughs> tweet uh, me at stupid gill and I'll, uh, six months I'll look at my phone and realize that it was you. <laughs> Thanks again, Gil. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. Uh, let me know if you need anything else. Appreciate it. Well
2: guys, that was it for the Gil Austin interview. Um, please stay tuned because we have a lot more content and a lot more interviews to come because I know some of you have asked me, are we going to have more interviews? So be sure to keep an eye out. Uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Uh Also on Twitter at Tsunami podcast, And make sure you like, subscribe, and tune in to our Podomatic channel, our Stitcher, and also on iTunes because this stuff will show up there first. And we may not even announce it. We may just put it out and you'll not You'll see it at the last minute. So make sure that you guys subscribe because you will be the first ones to get some of this stuff. But until next time, I'm Paul Pascrillo.
1: And I'm Sketch. Peace. We're out. Nobody's here to say deuces. <laughs> they I- just did. <laughs>